Hello and welcome to episode 147 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. You may have heard about a movement called Change the Terms, which is an attempt to push internet businesses from YouTube and Facebook to PayPal and Amazon to adopt terms of service agreements and policies designed to restrict hateful speech and actions. For Christians, this is a nuanced topic because some people consider things the Bible teaches to be hateful. How should we react to this movement, and do companies as big as Facebook have the right to restrict what some consider First Amendment right? Joining us this week are Ben Robin, Craig Ellis, and Derek Mast, and I'm David McCookie. Let's get started. All right, guys. So our topic comes from listener Dr. David Latchett, and he asks, the First Amendment guarantees free speech. Might that apply even though all these tech platforms are privately owned? And I imagine that this question came from a time uh, we've had a number of different uh, free speech issues come up between Twitter and uh, what was the fellow's name who got banned from like everything in the course of a week? Oh, that was... um, uh, Alex Jones. Yes, there we go. I was going to say Adam Lambert, but that was very much not it. Nope, different guy. Yep, very different. Is he the one on Mythbusters? (laughs) No, no, no. You're thinking thinking of the mustache walrus, walrus mustache guy. <laughs> I like how you just tried to do a Merlin Man bit with me, but I'm going to move on. <laughs> I love that we just did that. The First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, 1789, revised 1992, reads Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble or to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And so I think the an illustration that really that really gets at the question here would be uh, somebody comes over to my house. Uh, maybe it's visitors from church, uh, and they're they're new to the church, and and my wife and I invite them over, which would never happen because we're nerds and introverts. Uh, but let's say that that were to happen, and they come in and they start trying to teach our children uh, Mormon doctrine. They start trying to teach our children that uh, Jesus is not God. Right now. I, as a private individual with a private household, have the right to say, no, 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 no. You can't teach my children that. You can't say those things here. Please leave. Uh, and so the argument goes, well, can't YouTube do that? Can't Like if YouTube decides, oh, we're, we want to be this kind of a place where people can't say hateful things or people can't say things against yellow socks. Uh, can't YouTube just make those rules? Discuss. I, I think that, that YouTube ought to be able to make those decisions for itself. Um, Derek's the liberal of the group, just heads up. <laughs> no, this is not a liberal <laughs> position. Uh, this is like... I think that's why you said it. <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah, if you, if you start forcing companies to a particular... Um, uh, to a particular guidelines as far as uh, letting... Uh, forcing them to allow certain things... Um, you then are breaking the First Amendment by the government enforcing someone to allow free speech, which is kind of a, a which kind of weird and seemingly paradoxical. But, <laughs> but I think legally that just doesn't work. I think the argument from the other side is, and I'm happy to have a conversation about this. I don't really feel settled, but yeah, I am very sympathetic to the argument. At least one argument from the other side, which is the public square has shifted. Um, We are now in a digital age where the public square is Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, right? Or, you know, the front page of Google or Reddit, whatever it is. And if that's the case, 
and we shut down speech in those places, it it's not actually helpful for anyone um, if we say, you can't say that here because it doesn't meet my arbitrary criteria of what you're allowed to say and not allowed to say. So you're saying that the that YouTube is almost like a public service, even though it's privately owned? Uh, Facebook is almost like a public service, even though it's privately owned? It exists on a public platform, and therefore it, it has an inherent public nature. I think that's the argument. Yeah, I th- I think that really that really is the case being made here, and and I know that there are there are Christians on on another side of this that say they should have the right to, and that's why it's important that Christians build their own platforms that you not be beholden to YouTube or or Twitter or Facebook, but that you run. This is actually R. Scott Clark argues this, and he tries to run his own blog. He'll he'll use the social media platforms to promote it, but he's trying to build something where if one day Twitter kicked him off, uh, he could still he could still run his thing. Right. Yeah, with the the public square thing, it, we really are in, this is really a deeply political topic that what do we do with these now enormous companies that control so much of our social interactions with each other? Um, and I have no idea what the answer to that is, just to be clear. Um, but I think there's probably something deeper beyond like a First Amendment um, like band-aid sort of thing to deal with it. Um, and, and maybe it's just, you know, adhering to a libertarian philosophy of, well, these companies can do what they want. And if they don't serve the public properly, they're going to drive themselves into the ground. Um, or they're going to run out of favor. Uh, Facebook is already running out of favor with a lot of people. Uh, certainly not enough, but you know, it, it's a hard it's a hard decision because it feels like the decision that you make one way or the other will significantly change the outcome of the world as a whole. Uh, and those are always uncomfortable decisions or uncomfortable conversations. It is true, though, that the First Amendment applies to laws Congress passes. Yeah, and in that sense, the First Amendment could better be argued as an argument for not telling YouTube what they can right. and cannot publish. Mm-hmm. Or what they can and cannot refuse to publish. What... What I would say is that it's probably a good idea for companies themselves to choose to adhere to some sort of free speech sort of thing when it comes to social interactions. Um, But that is an incredibly tricky uh, line to balance because then you become the, because then you also have to have lines where, you know, murder threats are, are not allowed because now you essentially make yourself the law as opposed to, you know, uh, basically just doing, uh, uh, basically just promoting a sort of, uh, a particular sort of thought. Well, I think, so the recent Facebook at the, at Congress, Zuck answering all the questions from all the senators, the recent thing. Yes. Yes. Where he looks like he was bitten like a zomb by a zombie, but is trying to hide it. Are you like his friend? You get to call him Zuck. What does he call you, Rob? I guess he calls me by my first name, and I call him by an abbreviation of his last name. I don't know. We're not on a first name <laughs> basis, but that seems too long to say regularly. Anyway, um, that besides the point. I feel like the controversy, the biggest controversy was when he said, we do feel responsible for what's put on our platform, which makes them a media, like a news media company. So now they're like CNN, as opposed to them being a platform that's agnostic to all the things that are published. 
So now Facebook can be sued for, let's say, copyright, for example, if I upload a YouTube video, because they're responsible, as opposed to me being responsible. It makes sense that they feel responsible, because when there's an issue with freedom of speech, when someone feels like, or, or when there's an issue with offense, people taking offense to things, they feel that they have a right to complain to someone, so they complain to the people who are running Facebook. They report things to Facebook. So then Facebook is, is automatically um, in the position where they're having to make decisions about what will we allow and what won't we allow. Right. And if they make that decision, I think they've already lost that particular battle. Once they start to say, this stuff's allowed and this stuff's not, now they're not just an agnostic platform. Mm. And that's the right. issue. Right. Well, there's, yeah. There's, yeah. there's technically a legal qualification for something to be an agnostic platform, because when we first started getting telephones, uh, there was this whole issue of, if people use the telephones to plan a bank robbery, is the telephone company responsible? And there's this whole classification of business that essentially... Uh, was created in response to that, which technically not even the internet falls under under at this point. And I think the argument that I was positing earlier um, for that side is it should be, right? Consider the internet just like your phone or, you know, your television or whatever it is. Including the platforms on the internet or just the internet Yeah, itself? I think that's what they're saying. For what it's worth, I think the current hate speech laws on the books <clears throat> have to do with calls to action. Like, you can say there's a, a fire in a crowded theater if there's not, but you can't say flee, or um, you can't say somebody really should beat that guy up. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You're not allowed to shout in a, in a crowded movie theater fire, but you are allowed to shout in a crowded firehouse theater or movie. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can or you can't say that because I might be in some serious trouble. You cannot. <laughs> Wait, which one? Hold on, I'm Googling fire theater. <laughs> this should provide interesting results. This is fine. Our sponsor this week is Missionalware, your reformed theology gift shop. Missionalware prints apparel, drinkware, and accessories with beautiful artwork of historical creeds, quotes, and faces of various reformers. And they just keep pumping out the Christmas stuff. Last week, of course, we were talking about the ugly Christmas sweatshirts with the Spurge and the Bah Humbug Calvin shirt. And they just released their 2018 Christmas card with the words Gloria in Excelsis Deo on it. And it's gorgeous. The line work is always is uh, very nice. You can also get your own personalized stamp to, you know, put on the back to say, hey, it is the masts that you are receiving this from. They got a bunch of cool stamps uh, on their website too. So if you're at all curious, go to missionalware.com and go to the accessories uh, tab with the menu and go down to stationery or stamps to check that stuff out. Missionalware has been doing this stuff for uh, like eight years now, and they've grown an impressive library of designs and items that will appeal to any theologian. So to grab some apparel, drinkware, or accessories for yourself, or even just to browse their gorgeous designs, again, you can go to missionalware.com to get your lifestyle on mission to the glory of God. Thanks to Missionalware for sponsoring Tech Reformation this week. I was listening to the Accidental Tech Podcast the other day, and they mentioned uh, they actually ran a sponsor for a website called changetheterms.org. And uh, this website is essentially uh, a petition slash movement trying to get companies, internet companies, to embrace terms of service that they think are reasonable and uh, to have 
enforcement of those principles. And there are other things that they're trying, they're trying to keep it balanced by having uh, a right of appeal and transparency. And there are also guidelines for evaluation and uh, training and some other things. But uh, what I thought was interesting here was their guidance on the creation of terms of service. So essentially this is, this is a petition trying to get all of the YouTubes and the uh, TikToks and, and what have you of the world to implement implement a a kind of terms of service agreement that will prevent what they're calling hateful activities. And so there's a line here where it says throughout these recommended policies, we use the term hateful activities to mean activities that incite or engage in violence, intimidation, harassment, threats, or defamation targeting an individual or group based on their actual or perceived race, color, religion, national origin, ethnicity, immigration status, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, or disability. What do you guys think of that as a guideline? Because I think, I think we are, we're all here against Nazis, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's people on both sides, but uh, yeah, Nazis are definitely bad. No, Derek, there's not <laughs> people on both sides of that one. Well, the Nazis are on the other side. I think surely the issue is what, is what counts as a hateful activity, because I guess as as Christians and people who want to hold to Scripture as the highest authority in our lives, uh, we would argue that uh, homosexuality, for example, which is you know comes under the sexual sexual orientation category they've named there, um, is not God's design for human relationships. Uh, so. Is just saying that I said not all of us are bigoted, so slow down there. But my my point is like is just saying that counted as hateful activity. I would I, I would argue no, and I would hope that they would see that no. But I guess that's the danger in in the the sort of modern or postmodern way of thinking, like the current I guess cultural way of thinking, is that um, even just saying whether or not you agree or disagree with something is can be considered hateful activity. But it, the way they've written it, where it's talking about inciting or engaging in violence, intimidation, harassment, so, so like actively going after people, um, not just saying, hey, I have an opinion about this and this is what my opinion is, but actually um, sort of inflicting some kind of, uh, you know, punishment or, or something on a group of people you disagree with, then, yeah, that like that's I think that's completely fair. But I, I think it can just be swung the other way and used wrongly if you know if we're not careful. And I think that seems to be a fair tendency, like a fairly frequent tendency, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's why. Like, I like a lot of this. Uh, I'm I'm against violence, intimidation, harassment, or threats against people for pretty much any reason. But defamation is a word there that is just a little bit too too vague for me to feel safe too flimsy mm-hmm. um because if i if i get on a podcast or a youtube and i talk about how uh god is opposed to homosexual activity um and encourage uh encourage other photographers like myself to not photograph uh, uh homosexual weddings um is that going to count yeah mm-hmm. and that's th- that's the difficult thing for us in the position that we're in to know how to interact with this stuff, uh, I guess responsibly, but also in a way that's glorifying God and not, not sort of shying away from, um, calls that we need to make or stances that we need to make, but also not, yeah, 
I don't know. It, it, that's where it becomes really tricky, I think, for Christians in today's online culture, which is probably why this sort of topic around freedom of speech online has come up more than once on this podcast. There's also, uh, not to sidetrack here, but there's also a similar movement around uh, in the open open source space uh, called the Contributor Covenant that has been um, making the rounds uh, for the past few years, I think. Um uh, that has been people have been really pushing for open source projects to have like um, code of conducts uh, on them, which would include a lot a lot of this um, discrimination type language as well. Um, which, yeah, which can obviously create the same issues we're talking about with uh, the change the terms terms. Um, so that that's another another side of this sort of thing going on as well. Yeah, it's it's so it, it's a tricky situation to be in because I think we all would like to see Twitter and Reddit and the rest of it uh, start not letting people plan violence against black people or or even you know like like even groups that we would think are sinful, um, mm-hmm. but. We don't want we don't want those places to be harbors for Nazis, essentially. But the the problem is that our culture just has a really screwed up ethics system right now. Like it would be great if everybody just enforced correct ethics. But I also think being a Nazi is pretty well stigmatized in our culture. I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems like for the most part we all agree on that one. I realize there are some few that are really loud and, and obnoxious and annoying, but for the most part, other than them, everybody's pretty understandably stigmatized by being a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's less... So, I live right on the border of Idaho. (laughs) Okay. And you would be surprised, like, how much... Maybe not outright Nazism, but a lot of, like, really, really hateful racism. Uh, People not letting uh, uh, non-Caucasians in their store, uh, telling them, we don't serve you here. Oh, Uh, wow. Wow. very sad and news to me. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that's super common in Idaho, but, but Idaho is actually a really good example of a state that doesn't necessarily seem to be all the way on board with the civil rights movement. Yeah. Yeah. I do think ethical capitalism will crush those businesses over time. I, I certainly hope so. Eventually. Yeah. Probably. I mean, as urbanization continues. I'm just saying everyone should refuse to give their business to racist businesses, I think. And then they will they will die because they just won't make money. That's what should happen. It may not happen, sadly, and it certainly didn't happen in our country's history, but that would be the best case scenario for sure. And I think it does happen regularly today. Yeah, yeah. And and given the, the timeline of, given an, Im- an infinite timeline, um, we, we'll likely see that. It's just not happening very quickly because of all these uh, non-urbanized, areas that you typically once you get urbanized um a lot of these societal changes come through uh then it's less of a problem but yeah so maybe we can wrap up by uh answering in a yes no (laughs) david should giant tech companies subscribe to the first amendment go what do you mean subscribe to the first amendment that's not a legitimate (laughs) question (laughs) You're going to see uphold, our keys to this, aren't uphold, you? Enforce. I, I do think that I do think that private organizations should not pass laws. You are incapable <laughs> of answering a yes/no answer. <laughs> not when the question is nuanced. We distinguish. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
Ben, yes or no? Um, I don't like this question. <laughs> how would you formulate the question? Uh, should businesses of any size have the right to police their own platform and decide what people are and are not allowed to say and share on it? It depends on the platform. Oh, so uh, what would be an example, Ben, of, of one that, uh, that should not? Facebook. So you are for fake news? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep going. Can, I, 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 can you tease that out? Uh, are Nazis allowed to advertise on Facebook? There you go. I was going to ask that, but I thought it was a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It was the, it was hmm. the only logical hmm. next step. Hmm. <laughs> um, they should add a dislike button first. There is it. <laughs> kind of. Okay. This is what this is what really frustrates me about this whole issue. I'm going to try and say it as briefly as I can. As a Christ, as a Christian in this space, I always would like people to be listening to what I'm saying and taking into account my motivations. I think motivation has like plays a big part in how uh, whatever you're actually saying should be perceived. The trouble is, people can't always read motivations online, and they assume evil intent. Right. Right, because you you have the right motivation and you have the right words, so everybody should everybody should listen to you. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It's it's pretty obvious the motivation behind Nazi behavior is completely abhorrent, right? Uh huh. Whereas for a Christian, you know, if we are truly going by um, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, and speaking the truth in love, and these principles that the Bible teaches us about how we're to live and communicate with other people then even when we are communicating things that are completely counter to what the mainstream culture is pushing as its preferred message, uh, I would hope, and I do hope, and it doesn't happen, so this is where the problem lies for me as a Christian, that people would see that I'm actually just raising a flag and saying, look, this is where I stand, and I'm appealing to this authority to stand on. I know we disagree on it, but I have to stand here. Um, regardless of the fact that you disagree with me. That is completely different to something like a Nazi situation where people are um, inciting anger and violence and and outright um, abuse and all this kind of thing of people that they disagree with. So those two motivations are completely different. The problem is our culture brings them together and says, no, anyone who speaks against what is seen as the norm and the mainstream and the thing that we're all sort of, that the secular culture is agreeing on, we put in the same basket of hateful and inciting horrible things and being what they consider abhorrent. And that's where I think um, it becomes really tricky to, to for us then to look back at that those platforms and say, well, where should the lines be? Because they're looking at us and saying, we're drawing pretty clear lines and if you fall outside of our moral code, then you're outside of our lines. And that's that's just a difficult spot to be. Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good summary of the problem is is that we're we're against we are against hate as Christians. And I think that's that's something that we really do need to make clear when we're, you know, at the water cooler and somebody's talking about this uh change the terms or the the new open source stuff. Like we actually are against hate, we're against Nazis, and I think that we could stand to be a little bit louder about that. Um but we're also we're also against other violations of uh, the the latter six of the Ten Commandments. We're also against adultery. We're also against murder. Like like we're we're against all of the the bad things, uh, mm-hmm. even if our culture doesn't recognize some of them as bad.
And I think we're for open platforms to share the gospel. Ben, I'm confused, though. I really want to know why you think Facebook should not be allowed to police their own platform. Mm. I think it's because then they'll, they'll police my speech, and I don't want them to. Hmm. So leave Facebook. Yeah, I could, except that, you know, a sixth of the entire globe is there. Like, it is the new public square. I don't, I don't see a way around that. I'm okay with people disagreeing with me on this and being Christian still, for what it's worth. But, uh, but I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. I'm happy for you to change my mind. So, uh, can we distinguish between would you like it and ought they be able to? Sure. Yeah, we can. And I'm not, I don't think I'm making, yeah. I think I'm just saying when they start to draw lines, we will find ourselves outside of those lines. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the issue. So I'd rather they just not draw lines. And I think, I do think the system fairly well polices itself on some of the extremes we've brought, brought up. And certainly maybe you could find exceptions to that. But I mean, every time I see somebody posting racist things, they're getting mobbed by the internet. Like it's just not a, yeah. it's just not really, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like everybody immediately is like, no, 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 this is evil. You know, like we, we pretty well have that one understood together, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong. I think it probably depends on what groups you're in. What what I mean, if Facebook already polices this stuff to some degree. Like this is this is already a thing, right? Um, yeah. So do you do you disagree that they're they're one day going? If we continue on the current trajectory, consider everything. There's no new information or radical shifts that happen. Do you disagree that one day it will be hate speech to quote a Bible verse? Um, I think that's entirely within the realm of possibilities and maybe even on the likelier end of that. Uh, so what's your solution? Well, my, it's not necessarily that I have a solution, but this is one of those cases where, and I'm not, I'm not like big into the whole white privilege concept, but like for me, if Facebook doesn't, for me, if Facebook doesn't police their content, it really means nothing to me. It means I have a place to, to share the gospel and, and, and what have you. But if they if they don't police it and you're a black person living in Idaho, it could mean that uh, your entire, you know, 15 kids from your high school get together in a Facebook messenger conversation and agree to do something horrible to you uh, next Thursday. And so are they only going to police the things that we all agree on? Is that where you're going? No, I'm just, I mean, so racism's out. I'm, I'm on that one. Right. But why isn't what they consider anti LGBT stuff out? What do you mean? Well, I I don't think that they should do that. (laughs) Like, well, of course not. Right. I, I understand you don't, but you you understand that in their eyes, those things are equivalent. Well, let me let me qualify that. If 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 what you were describing about the people conspiring against a black person, if that was done to an LG, LGBT person, we would also be against that. I'm also against that. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, I am too. Of course. Uh, we're we're talking about yeah. We're obviously talking about the more the lighter saying that 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 worldview is wrong. Yeah, I'm saying, can we quote Leviticus and say things are an abomination that God thinks yes. is an abomination? Or will Facebook consider that hate speech and block us from the platform? Yeah, and I guess, I guess all I'm saying is, if it comes down to my freedom to do stuff like that on a platform and share verses with my friends uh, on that particular platform or somebody else's safety, I'm going to take somebody else's safety. I can share verses through text message. I can share verses through uh, in-person conversations. Like, that's... Uh, and 
I just, I, I would, it, it might be interesting to put yourself in the position of somebody who actually does have, and I, admittedly, they could also make these plans not on Facebook, but. Um, yeah, but why are you equating speech with violence? Because, because that's what these terms are mostly about. They're mostly about violence, intimidation, harassment, threats, and uh, defamation from the, the article that we've been talking about. Yeah, no, so I agree with you on the call to action for violence. We agree on that point. I'm not disagreeing at all. Right. Oh, on, on that but point. But you you can through speech just make somebody's life completely miserable. Like that's a that's a thing. You can you you can yeah. grab 15 people and make it so somebody has to leave a platform. Right. Yep. I understand that happens as well. No disagreement there. So where is our actual disagreement then? As you understand. I it? think that Facebook should be able to stop that and I'm confused cuz I think you've been saying that you think they shouldn't because they'll use it against you. Okay, interesting. No, so I agree on the call to action issue, but I, I think that's already provided for in the law. Well, it really, it really, as I understand it, it really depends on whether the action is breaking the law or not. Sure, and and obviously, assault and battery would be right. All right. Well, this is a very interesting discussion, and we will have to continue <laughs> it on our Slack channel, <laughs> which you can find by going to slack.techreformation.com. There you can find uh, Ben being his Baptist self, Derek being his bearded self, and Craig being his Australian <laughs> self, and of course, me being my covenanter self. It's a party. You're not even Presbyterian anymore. <laughs> Just covenanter. This is a bigger discussion than we can uh, than we can answer in one episode. So, mm-hmm. thank you guys for listening. Does somebody want to tell them about our Twitter? I would love to. Our Twitter, you can find that at Tech Reformation. Nazi free, guaranteed. Uh, yes, there are no Nazis on our channel. Twitter. Actually, we shouldn't. We should not police our Slack. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to look through a back catalog of around 146 episodes, you can head to techreformation.com. We'll talk to you next week. Derek, are you eating a CR2032 battery? (laughs) No, just quarters. Oh, that's fine then. You're eating them?